In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, you may be seated. The day our daughter got married was a magical day, just not just for me, but for our entire family. You know the preparations it takes for a wedding day, right? Well, it took us not, about a year and a half of planning and preparation and frustrations and planning and frustrations and frustrations. They can lead to arguments, so we had to take a lot of breathers along the way. <laughs> Getting to that day had challenges. But the, as the day grew near, the challenges grew dimmer. The anticipation of that day just overwhelmed us, overtook us. And on that day, we were mostly focused on the bride. She was gorgeous. She was giddy and she couldn't wait. She was so excited to be Mrs. Heather Jerebek. It was a dream day. It was a dream day for all of us. It was one of those days when everybody involved put aside their differences and their difficulties with each other to make the day a smooth and perfect day for the bride and groom. We were unified in mind and purpose on making it a beautiful, wonderful day for Heather and Keegan. The theme for our third Sunday after Epiphany is threefold. One, Jesus is our light. He is the one who gifts us, who sustains us to the end, guiltless, 1 Corinthians 1.8. It is in his fellowship that we are called into unity of mind and purpose. Two, in that light, we find the mind that we're to think with and the life that we're to live into. And third, when he comes to you and to me, when he comes to us proclaiming the gospel of the good news, that the kingdom of God is near unto us, that he calls us to repentance and he calls us to follow him, drop your nets, leave your boats, leave your father whatever you have to leave, and follow him, whatever the cost and wherever he goes. Let's start with the messiness of the Corinthians. The Corinthians were experiencing a division over their preachers, right? Paul begins his description by calling out Chloe's people. Others were identifying with Paul and Apollos' people and Cephas' people. The division concerned the identity of, of Christ and the mind and the purpose of Jesus Christ. They were having a crisis of allegiance and that led them to focus on the wrong purpose for living. On Heather and Keegan's wedding day, we were all focused on Heather and Keegan, on making it a beautiful memory for them. But on that day, we all had to intentionally focus on that, we had to remind ourselves more than once during the day that the day was not about us. Paul asks, has Christ been divided? 
Was Paul crucified for you? Was, were you baptized in the name of Paul? Now, when Paul talks, he gives these rhetorical questions. He's, not, he's doing it to emphasize the absurdity of their argument. He's saying no. <laughs> no. Jesus Christ is the one who was sent. Jesus Christ is the one, the light who was sent. And our allegiance is to him. Our loyalty in living is to him. I have a life notebook that I started about 30 years ago, and it started because I wrote a quote, not a quote, I wrote my a piece, a sentence, and I wanted to remember it, so I needed somewhere to put it, and I wrote this. In my freedom, I determined to serve Jesus Christ. I took it off my notebook and I put it on my rule of life board so that I can read it every day. I've been reminding myself every day for the past 30 years. Why? Because I, don't, I forget, I want to be reminded that my life is not my own. My life was bought and paid for with the price of the blood of Jesus Christ. If our loyalty is to him, we will actively pursue possessing the same mind as Christ. You know, Paul instructs us in Romans, he says, put on the mind of Christ. And he admonishes us in, in Philippians, let this mind of Christ be in you. Now, possessing the mind of Christ is not like we think, because in our culture, we think mind, we only think this thing up here, this cognitive ability. But that's not the Hebrew way of thinking. The Hebrew way of thinking is, is the mind is your, is your feelings, includes your feelings, your values, and your dispositions to act in a certain way. Believing shapes living. An example of this is if we value God's message of the cross, that Christ died for the ungodly, then we're going to look upon the ungodly as worthy of our attention and our care. Chrysostom, our, one of our church fathers, says this, quote, it's possible to agree on a form of words but still harbor dissent, which is why Paul speaks the way he does here. It's also possible to share the same opinion with someone but not the same feelings. For example, it's possible to be united in faith without being united in love. The mind of Christ is shown at the cross. He is the one who brought grace and blessing to all of creation, humankind included. Point given? Paul is saying stop giving your allegiance to humans, even yourself. Only give loyalty to the risen Lord Jesus Christ so that his mind his feelings, his values, his disposition to act will permeate your entire being. So how does Jesus act? What is his mind? Well, we can see in his life as he was revealed in the flesh. Jesus always acted out of love for those who were sinfully sinful, for those who were sick, lonely, oppressed, marginalized, victims of injustice. 
And he always had harsh words for those who were pitiless, oppressive, unjust, proud, and self-righteous. This is Jesus's mind. Now, what about the purpose? We're all called to the same purpose. What is his purpose? Let's look at the gospel text that we have today to find that. Jesus came out of the desert and found, after he was tempted, and he found that his cousin John had been put in prison, and that was his cue to take, to leave Nazareth and start, go to Capernaum and start his earthly ministry, proclaiming, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is near you. That was his message. The kingdom of heaven is near you. Repent. The people he was talking to in Capernaum were Jewish, and they all understood what those words were. They had waited for 400 years to hear these words. They were waiting for salvation. And here was Jesus with the faithful word of their father coming. And his disposition was to heal, not to hurt, not to oppress, not to tyrannize, not to act in any way unjustly. His disposition was to give, bring wholeness. And as he walked, he called. I think it's really interesting that he called Peter and Andrew first. I love it. You know, Peter and Andrew, they were ordinary, uneducated fishermen. Surely he wasn't calling them to proclaim the good news. They were uneducated. No MDiv there. They were fishermen. But they were out there casting their nets, you know, making their living in the middle of the day, doing what they knew just to, to hold on and to live life. And here comes Jesus. Hey, follow me. But he doesn't just say, follow me. He says, follow me and I'll make you fishers of people. There in that one sentence is the purpose that we are all called. All the, anyone who is following Jesus, that is our purpose. We are called to be fishers of people. Jesus is all about people. He, he's all about people. And the message that he'll bring that Peter and Andrew will find out later is that the cross of Christ is the power of God to all who will be saved. Jesus' message through his life on earth is this. All people are worth me dying for. All people are worth me dying for. And that same message that the, that the cross is the power to all who will be saved, at the same time, it's foolishness to everyone else. Foolishness. And Paul tells us, don't dress it up with your eloquent wisdom. You know, there's no need to put anything on the simple gospel. You know, eat the cheesecake plain. Forget the blueberry dressing and the strawberries to make it palatable. It won't work. In fact, it'll dilute the power of the cross. We are being called to be unified in the same mind. We've seen the same mind of Christ, his feelings, values, his disposition to act with God's love, mercy, and forgiveness. 
and we're being called into this, his same purpose, being fishers of people. It's really simple. Heather and Keegan's wedding was a success because everybody that was there managed to keep their allegiances focused. And by doing that, their purpose, our purpose followed. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who lived in a land of deep darkness on them, light has shined. The light shining, it's a gift from God. And no amount of ingenuity can make the sun shine if it's night. It's by God's grace that the earth spins and the sun comes up in the morning. And so by God's grace, it is that his sun, the light of the world, shines to illumine our darkness. But even yet, we have a hard time keeping our allegiance focused because we're human. A light to dispel the darkness. This is the sole purpose of light coming, is to dispel the, the darkness. If light that leaves any shadow of darkness has not completed its purpose, we are called to unity of mind and purpose to be lovers and to be fishers of people. The darkness is still around us. We have work to do. Today, May we, Cathedral Church of St. Luke, be united in the same mind and purpose that we may be inhabited with Christ's disposition to act with love and healing. And may we proclaim, each one of us in our lives, inside these walls and outside these walls, the message of the cross, that Christ died for the ungodly, that he offered us his sacrifice for the sole purpose of giving us life. When we come up and we receive, we are receiving his sacrifice and it gives life. May we keep our allegiance focused here in this life of faith so that those around us will know the power of the cross as they feel the yoke of their burden the bar across their shoulders and the rod of their oppressors broken in the presence of Christ. As the day of the resurrection draws near, may our anticipation grow, may our challenges grow dim, and may we greet that wedding day rejoicing knowing that our witness and our proclamation brought others to the altar. Amen.